0: Welcome to the 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast. A retrospective.
1: Hey folks, DJ here. I just want to take some time to talk about Werewolf the Apocalypse Retaliations by Flyos Games. This soon-to-launch game is brought to you by the same team that's bringing you Vampire the Masquerade chapters. And they just released a trailer to go along with it. We at 25 invite you to check it out at Werewolf: The Apocalypse. DashRetaliation.com to catch a peek at the trailer and be updated of when it will appear on kickstarter which seems to be already 2022 the game promises to have everything that made chapters endearing to us the fans including scenarios investigations beautiful miniatures and more with that thanks for your time hi everyone and welcome back to 25 years vampire of of the
0: masquerade presents requiem that's right requiem we got back to it and this is uh, the circle of the crone we're dancing with today and of course today here with me is dj Hello, everybody. And Brennan. Hi, everyone. And that's simple enough. Cheery, bright-eyed, and bushy deal to talk about all your pagan needs in Reclam is what we're dealing with today. I like hearing that. Helps me, uh, helps me start my day. Well, this book is uh, pretty interesting off the bat, I'd say. It uh, deals with a story that comes out of Shytown, town which is the introductory story. And here we deal with my favorite Earth Banes and, of course, Loki, which are the two hounds uh, for the Invictus Prince Maxwell who are, well, up to no good. It's definitely crone business, as Loki has blackmailed uh, Earth Banes and come along, but you get to learn something about Earth Banes. I told everybody in the beginning, I read about this guy, he was all over the place in Requiem a bit, I'm pretty certain. I got some skeptical eye raises, people couldn't remember. He had a cobwebs off now, Mm anything. Especially when you learn that Earth moving to Earth Banes is uh, the largest wigger ever heard of in this day and age it was made. Because I love... Loki's interpretation of him being this psychopath, but yet he's a new kindred. hmm For a lot of reasons, right? Big enough to play football. They talk about him being a titan is what it feels like, right? Like, he's just rolling around spreading terror. And um, I got to tell you, there there is something creatively written here that I haven't read before. And Because uh, when I got the Circle of the Chromebook, I looked at it and went, uh, I'm going to be honest. It's the timing of when I got the book and everything else. I was like... Ah, Vampire Wiccans. Tossed it to the side. You're not the only one that's had that that impression. You're not the only one that has. It's very common. The moment's shocked look for a moment there, you guys were like, what? Yeah, I did. Because I was like, well, okay, the matron, the mother, the circle, whatever, uh, feminist uh, stuff, great, cool. Not against it, but I get it. We're just trying to fill a niche. And what's going to be in here? Let's look at the correct stuff later date. We'll worry about it. And none of my friends even play Requiem. So it's like, I'm going to read this book and get excited about it. And then not be able to do anything with it. That's the real reason why Sad to the site, Because a little-known fact about me, or maybe really well-known. I love occult things. Love to research them. Love to, love to see them. I love different authors' perspectives of them and how to use it. And most occult is steeped in the history, which I, I, I really do love. And uh, But at the time, I was like, eh, but do it, right? Privilege of 20s, right? And you just throw it on the shelf, and we'll get it to it later. Going back through this and uh, actually reading this intro story, I was like, I, was, I could tell already I would love this book. Mm-hmm. From the intro story, right? Yep. My favorite part of the intro story, though, was the way Loki describes the guy they're going to kill as dick hole number one." Yeah, the <laughs> right. It's it's the best ever. It captures that flair of the times of what you get away with that attitude, right? That uh, that pop, that uh, that hold yourself up high no matter who you are type thing. I love that about people when they got that in them, and uh, he's the same way. Except he has his expectations, don't he? He's Going to this place, it's this guy who was unaligned and he made him and we're going to get a semblance of revenge in this dude and whatever. <clears throat> and he and he tricked Earth Banes into coming with him because Earth Banes did something and got caught and found it was pretty stupid how he got caught. Yeah. Earth, it turns out, likes to brag, right? Says he got a little lit It was in a circumstance when he shouldn't have been that way and Earth slipped up. Loki put it together and then said, hey, Earth. I'm like the spy part of the Hound for Maxwell. So you got caught. Now you got to help me mess someone up. And Earth Banes went for show. Whatever. <laughs> I, I did, I did like here. the
2: idea that in this deal, uh, Loki had to make him drive, the, or Loki had to let him drive the
0: car. Though, <laughs> Not only let him drive... Listen the music to, Cy- yep. right. to Cypress Click it, clack, it, clack, shoot them all, get them back. I was like, you can vividly see this, that the author who wrote this story must have been trapped in a car at once, once upon a time when someone who fits some of these elements or just this resonates or maybe I just share that in common with the guy who wrote the story. You know, I had a friend who was very much like that and I, but it was endearing. Uh, to hear, no, he wasn't seven foot crazy or nothing like that, but just really liked him some rap and memorized the lyrics, and you couldn't go anywhere without it booming out of system, and he has to sing it to you as he drives, and you're worried about him wrecking because he's also one of these people got to have eye contact for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yep. While they're yep, Wait, social, you know, were they gotta also gotta the social. type
2: of person that turned down the radio when they needed to focus on the road? Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. Yes, like, hold on a second, hold on a second. Okay, we gotta figure yeah. out where we're going. Da, da, da. Why? What? Why? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That's, that's what happened, but it was cool. But uh, the point of it, my favorite part all time, other than the, within the music, but like the best part of the story, was when he goes to attack this guy, and I feel the storyteller in me. I feel I ran this game, <laughs> only from this perspective. Earthbane looks at Loki, yo, man, how you want this to go? And Loki's like, uh, I don't know, I'm going to go through the front, like standard. You're going to go through the back, and I'm going to deal with this guy. But you make sure you can't run away. And, and Bane's like, for sure, all right. And Bane creeps to the back, and he's like, man, how's that big guy going to sneak up on anything? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he gets back there, right? Meanwhile, Loki's in front, he's like, all right, I've been waiting to get this guy. And he's suffering flashbacks from his indoctrination to the crone, right, the circle. Yeah. And uh, in those flashbacks, it was revenge was a big part of what he wanted, and now he's here. And then when he's about to get in this place, he's like, I do this ritual first. Let me do this cool ass blood cutting on my hand, put it on the wall. And now I see through my hand, through the blood of Kruak. And then he's just staring at the back of his hand. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I did this in front of Earth and it's not working. Ah, oh, he's Invictus. And I look like an asshole. That's OK. He gets nervous about that. All right, whatever, whatever, whatever. It doesn't work. And then he starts riling in his senses and goes, look, just go to the back and it." And I could just see Earth smirking. Right, so if something didn't work the way you wanted. What the hell did you put a bloody handprint on the wall, right? It was cool, like I could see that scene, but it's when Loki gets inside, and he's like, "I'm gonna get this guy, and it turns out the dude's faster than he yeah. is, yep, and his his entire plan falls apart because this guy is wielding a sander. An electric sander with like a hundred foot cord or whatever it was like like sickle and chain beating Loki's <laughs> ass with it get some of the grub and starts sanding his face to the bone and I'm like I I ran this right and in any any series of events this is like a botch that led up to a guy who poorly like like you warned your players in the beginning now remember player of Loki good background it's cool and it's tied in you you chose your enemy that that's coming after you and you're coming after him to be the guy your sire He's like, yeah, well, we'll be aware that he's always going to be stronger than you. Like, that's never going to change. Time-wise, time, time wise. as time goes by, he's getting stronger as you're getting stronger. So, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. But he didn't take the merits I did. Right? My crew rack's going to make all the difference. And it's like, did it? Your crew rack didn't even work, cuz. And now he's getting his face sanded. And while he's down there getting treated, all of a sudden... Earth Baines gets there. Now, he looks a couple times, and Earth is nowhere in sight. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Earth finally comes in, even, he's like, oh, no, the Predator's tape. And the guy turns around to Earth, and is like, ah, hiss! get the fuck out for each. And Earth's like, oh, shit, runs out, right? So it looked like. What's cool is, is Earth was faking the guy out and came yeah. and dealt him with ruthless efficiency, but waited until Loki was getting trashed <laughs> to come in and save him. Now, later on, it would be Loki's father, who's a ghoul, don't ask, read the story, who tells him, just a fair warning, son of mine, he's Invictus. There's every possible chance you blackmailed him to help you, and he literally stonewalled you there for a little bit, so you knew you owed him for him coming in to save you. Mm -hmm. Or he was just checking to see which one was stronger and just
2: to make a deal with the winner.
0: And either way are plausible, right? And Loki didn't like the way that sat. And I sat there and went, your dad need to shut the hell up. Huh. Your, dad's, <laughs> a, your dad's a
2: leak in the Invictus boat. Someone is going right. to plug him.
0: But right there, it sat the Circle of the Crone on the map a little bit. That they, they didn't send a whole cadre of people out to help Loki. It's just him that went out. So this concept of a cult together in all things, well, not as you think. Up until this point, if Carthians want to go handle that scenario, I feel like a lot of a, a gang of Carthians would have went out there yeah. to to handle that situation to back that up as to how they went. that would have been West the Side Inventus. Story
2: in that situation. But this, they show because um, they give background about this. Right, he's not just like he doesn't go to any of them and say, "Hey, I'm going to beat the shit out of these four dickheads." Like well, I need to bring. Well, people. I
0: don't. It, it's, well, it, I don't want to give. It is it is important, but not in the telling I'm doing now. Uh, I'm not digging that deep in the story on purpose. Right? Because if this titillated at all, read the intro story for what goes on in this book. Deliberately, I'm skipping the hardcore crone parts because this pod is about the circle of the crone. And I want you to be hit with the same, oh, wow, I got to continue reading to figure out why that was relevant to what yep. went on. And there's a lot of stuff in here that we're going to go over in a neutral context, meaning not in a cool author written story. We're going to get there, Brennan. That's what I'm saying. It's not that I know you want to dissect that story as well as anybody else who's heard it up to this point, but I'm literally, literally baiting you in uh, to come on a journey. And there's some specific reasons why he's named Loki, why he's out there in the first place and things of that nature that we're going to touch and we're going to get to. But i tell you what, Brennan, since you're still looking at me like I stole your thunder, mm-hmm, why, you why don't did. you do me a favor? Tell me the history of the crone. Um, I will tell you the history of the crone. And
2: uh, I I believe some of the crone, some of the croniest phrases you're going to hear. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't in the context of things. Now, they do go in here and they talk about this, and I am going to go into it, right? I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'm prefacing it with the most of the crone don't actually care where they come from because that's not the focus of what the crone do. They don't really get a foundation out of that. What their foundation is, what the core is, is their faith and their cults.
0: Now, this bothers me that you even use the term faith because this implies that you read this and you felt that the crones have faith. Like, there's a God and there's something that they revered that is a, is an untouchable, tangible thing that they pull power from. Is this true?
2: An intangible thing that they pull power from. They are faithful. They do have faith. They do worship, right? But uh, the, mm, the question like, is... Like, like, uh, hold on, is... let me finish. Let me finish. They do, while they do offer that... Uh, that faith, it's really nebulous as to where their power comes from. And when we get to Kruak, we probably don't want to jump to that at that point. We're going to dive deeper into that. But...
0: Well, my dude, why I, why I had to stop you is because, you got to remember, faith is that belief in something that you can't prove is real. Mm-hmm. You believe it's real, and thus it's a source of reverence and power for you. And that's how it went to. And why I paused it there is because the unique thing about this entire book There is not a central figure that they pull power from. In fact, it's an idea. They point out to the fact that there's a lot of history where they might say, for instance, creationism, right? The the Mm -hmm. belief that they create life and comes from somewhere is there. I'll give you that. And that much is there. But is that true faith?
2: Oh right, that's like a, that's you're a, asking why are they they're not faithful in the same way the lance are because it's not it's not all monolithic. They're a collection of disparate groups is what it is they're um in, in the into to quickly summarize the history, Circle of the Crone didn't show up in, on the map until like five seven hundred years ago at the at the latest, and the reason for that is they we, we've defined them as pagan cults up to this point, right? But what does pagan mean? What does that apply to? Uh, most of the time that I've seen it used, it's for things outside of the Abrahamic faith, which is a lot, which is the vast majority of religions, in at least in the, the African or European lands before
0: Christianity spread. So before then... See, see... Go ahead. So you go deep. You're taking paganism to be that literal. Yeah. As to have that to paint that on there, because it's interesting to me, my man, is that when you go through here, and it's not a matter of I feel you have in that, that, that Southern disposition of being defensive unnecessarily. We friends, homie. Yeah, I'm not. we on here just discussing this as we read it. And so what I want you to do is come with me here. But what I'm saying is when you switch over here, what I'm trying to point out to the fact is that if not all the Circle of the Crone cults is a term they use, a cult can be anything. A cult can literally be anything. What There, there are two things that make a Circle of the Crone group what they are. It's the cycle, right? That 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 female symbolic cycle of life. Mm-hmm. That's number 1. What's the second one though? So the cycle of life, that's kind of
2: weird that you're throwing that out for me. When I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking of two things. There's creation and like kind of it's it's mirror destruction. No, not even that. It's creation and learning, gaining enlightenment through tribulation. Is that what you're referring to?
0: That's exactly kind of. what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. And why it's most important is because when you, lit, when you break it down, it's very easy to read this book and do, there's a reason I say anything mm-hmm. on a pod. And go back to what I said when I just kind of lounge lizard said, I bought this book and went, ah, la, la, la. Eh, it's goth chicks, it's weird stuff, and threw it on the shelf like I knew what it was. But did I understand any of that? That's, that's the point. And the answer right. is No. The answer is no, I didn't look, I didn't seek definition, I didn't seek to expand my knowledge. And there is a logic people like to use when they read this stuff. It's the difference between someone being a Catholic and someone being a Baptist. And you're assuming that you know that difference, but you're not either one of them. Do you see what I'm saying? That's what I'm getting into. And that distinction, we got to get off the bat. Because the uniqueness of this book, I believe, DJ, you said it earlier, you said it's ambiguity.
1: Yeah. It's totally ambiguity. In fact, one of the things that the introduction out of all introductions that we've done so far regarding covenants is literally it almost reads like the mythologies book where this is everything and nothing all at once. Right. That's what catches you off guard. And like for you reading, a lot of us people in the audience are always and myself included, I am fully guilty of it. Want to be told something is true. Mm -hmm. We just want to follow the path. And when we take a look at this and they're like. All of it and nothing is true at the same time why because these cults have existed since the beginning of time the there was an isis cult of vampires way back when in ancient egypt and that's a thing <clears throat> and because they have existed as long as they have these cults grew into it up until the moment that they became defined only more recently and the crone having won out as the most uh the, the biggest conglomerate of cults just came out of that crone creation myth well another thing that this also mentions as well not only trials and tribulations But the crone are all about them understanding they are part of nature. This is a natural occurrence. Vampires are natural occurrences, and we've not read them in any other aspect of the covenants, right? The Linkeia believe, well, you know, here goes Longinus getting stabbed, and we have to go ahead and be our part in God's order because we have to repent somehow and or make sure that everyone knows their order. The Invictus care about their money and control. The Carthians about Mm buddy-buddy the ordo and themselves but this one literally says we've always been always have been and will always continue to be and because we know this we could continue down that route and that takes i i found this you know even the beginning intro portion of this and the history i found this the most head-blowing because it was the hardest chunkiest book to read uh beginning at this trying to even fathom the idea of it
0: and, and it is chunky which is why brentron i was i was only pausing before you went and uh, extrapolated on those ideas because it's very easy to fall into uh, well what we under- what you understand is faith is going to be different than other people based on what faith is but this book is is quick to point out that most acolytes believe in the philosophical aspect of the said worship that makes them uh, an, uh, an ordo uh, sort of I, I said ordo but covenant is what I meant that make them a covenant before they do the religious aspect because the religious aspects tend to self- implode. And that's why. The survivability of any cult is its ability to adapt. To adapt is that tribulation aspect. Mm-hmm. So the creation comes out of nowhere. Just look at it that way, what I was trying to you know, get you to see. We come up with the idea as vampires, though, that we got to get a, a way to feed and a way to understand because Brent's trying to get an epiphany. There's got to be more to life than what we do. And we see Marvel's endgame for the Avengers, and you're like, you know what? I bet we outlive Ragnar- Ragnarok already. And we just look at you, what? And for whatever reason, <laughs> you start spitting the gospel about how we're, we're Fenrir's, uh, Fenrir's lament We're his requiem. We're, we're what should be and exist in the world. And that's what it is. And we should get some werewolves to let them know, man, we got this insight. We're like, what the hell is he talking on? Uh-huh. But for some reason, maybe we were feeding off the right stuff that day. Someone in the party was on LSD, and we invite him and fed him uh-huh. a little bit. Or what was and, in that popcorn. And- <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea, but we're like, oh, what a great guy. And, and the creation's there. So because an the creation's there, it's now up to you to keep this going. And you're suddenly in a situation where you've recruited us as your first acolytes, and we're listening to you. But now it's on us to actually get enough people for the elders not to smite us mm-hmm. from the other covenants. And then, and then along comes the circle of the crone who goes, so you say you're a cult, eh? And you, you say you're this what? Oh, Runi Apocalypse, Runian, and whatever. Don't worry about who I am. How about you tell me um, where the idea came from, which they're testing your creation, right? Where this font of life was birthed to see if you have it, right? That gift. And you gotta try to lament them. You know, tell me something wise is a quote I stole from the intro from Wowin to Loki. That's one of the most profound things he heard and remembers. This applies Mm -hmm. here as to how she lit that spark in him. it's it's In other words, it's to say that it's almost like every acolyte that walks in has to be hit with the inspiration of where they're at. You're going to find that this is true in any cult. Why would you ever find a, follow a cult leader? Well, they're going to have to hook you somehow into what they're talking about to get it going. And they gently describe that to you here. I think that's why the ambiguity is real. They tell you there are so many different mythological... Pathways and stories, exactly like you were accurately saying, non non children of the book, right? Because that stuff's pretty much linear and written out. That goes a lot by word of mouth. That can just stymie you, no matter any way you want to look at it. So that's what we're focused on: is understanding then in requiem, how the hell does this balance out? Like this seems chaotic unto itself, mm-hmm. but to give us a glowing, uh, or not a glowing, but um something to stick with, something to stand on, and it says through if it has creation. And then it has tribulation. Mm-hmm. It can be of the crone. Yeah. That's that's trippy. But I'm going to... Something I want you to do, Bertrand, I think you're really good at. Because I do feel... Telling everybody I feel bad. But only because... I didn't have you on board where I was, and I really wanted you to chew that apart if you disagreed, and so I wanted to offer and bear my throat. But it seems that we're, would you, would you say that we're in agreement there, kind of seeing that full picture? Do you yeah, that, agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. That?
2: With those two founding, there, there's two tenets needed to be in the circle or to be a quote unquote acolyte. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Now, because um, I'm somebody who was, uh, I was raised Catholic, I understand what faith is to Catholics. But I also understand that there's a such thing as a, as a, as a lapsed Catholic. Mm-hmm. Somebody who doesn't necessarily mean they're not faithful anymore. They can still have a belief in God and they have their own personal relationship. They're lapsed because they don't go to church anymore. It's not a thing they always do. But that doesn't speak to their spiritual feeling that they have towards the religion anymore. Right? This doesn't seem to be what the, what the circle believes in, though. So with my understanding, help me out here. That's why I said this isn't faith, what I just read to me. But when you mention faith, I'm like, I want to be open-minded here. How do you mean that, knowing in context how I'm seeing it? So in my mind, there's, um,
2: to kind of even talk about those, the philosophical crone, in my mind, those individuals are still faithful because they are, I guess maybe faith, as most people believe it, isn't the right one. So I'm glad is isn't the right word. So I'm glad we're hashing this out. It's more like a belief in a, a, a hmm a stricture being followed and it doesn't have to be all the same one right it has to mean that there is some unearthly thing that they are espousing that they're trying to move towards whether they're like stoic acolytes right that are really just trying to to uh, espouse the ideals of, of stoicism or if they're like uh, if they're taoists or like an even more primordial like you know mm. uh central like mm, mother-worshipping uh, goddess.
1: And what I could say to that is, I think the term that is being thrown around a lot more recently these days is they are known as spiritual but not religious. Because that is the, the term, right? Because now we're not talking about faith in something. It's a matter of spirituality. <laughs> it is the path that someone takes uh, well, to feel fulfilled.
0: Let's let's Google this, show right that now us let's, let's Google this real quick, because my understanding of spirituality and faith are a bit different than what I'm hearing it's become, and it's possible. The Mm -hmm. English language is the king and queen of changing definition with time in the words they use. Mm -hmm. So let's first tackle what faith is, Brenton, if you don't mind grabbing that real quick, by definition. And DG, could you grab spiritualism for me?
1: Sure.
2: Faith. Yeah, okay. Faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something as defined by the
1: oxford english dictionary
0: okay okay we'll hold on to that for a second
1: And in terms of spirituality, or at least spiritual but not religious, it's a popular phrase and initialism used to self-identify a life of stance of spirituality does not regard organized religion as a sole or most valuable means of furthering spiritual growth.
0: Oh, okay. Mm. So this makes it interesting, right, in how this is used. It may have even been different than the context of the authors used in Mm -hmm. this book, right? So when I hear faith, it's in something... Or is that a it's a belief or something in other words it's something intangible of absolute trust that you have to have, except this covenant points out that there isn't that they don't ever have that right they can they could trust the covenant, but it's because of the people in the covenant right it's who they've encountered and who comes up with the idea for the group that makes them feel sound here because they're still vampires, so yes. they're not going to blindly have that in anybody, so that's where it is and one of the key things about faith. That absolute trust is to blindly trust in God as one of them, or a God, or a religion, or a person. I have faith in you, Brennan, that what you said earlier wasn't to attack. But I know that our listeners listening needed to hear us defining because it might have been skewed as that. We were seeking understanding, and that's different. And for DJ, when it comes to spiritualism, I'm still a little confused on that.
1: So the, the spiritualism as it speaks to it is the best way of describing it is uh, it's self-fulfillment because this is exactly what the Chrome is speaking about. It's exactly self-fulfillment. And when you even take a look at the structure of the covenant, and it's funny you should faith. This is what separates them from the Linkeia just from the, the get-go. The Linkea are an organized strata that have blind faith or faith as they know it to something, whereas the crone build off of creation and trials and tribulation because it is their own trials and tribulations they must go through to believe that this is going to work out. Which goes back to our first book that we were talking about, of why covenants are important, because in order to survive your Requiem, you have to believe in something with a like-minded amount of people. And this is why these cults get together, and this is why the Circle of the Crone, being the, most, the Crone of course being the, the most populous within this particular cult, bands them together.
0: And, and, and thank you gentlemen for going with me on this. This is, uh, this, this is planned on my behalf to, to hear this out because I knew for <laughs> a fact that you'd be able to label this together a lot better than me. My notes don't come across like that. They're filled with tangents. And I'm going to spare everybody and get this in a clear, concise thought and I knew you'd get it. And uh, one of the things layering down here is what it what it said to me was the tribulations needed because this cult might know it's full of shit. Mm -hmm. It's that simple and they need people to buy into it. Well, the only way you get people to buy into anything is if it's an experience, a journey. And if it's all rainbows and lollipops, that won't stick with them. Think of instant gratification. If you're given anything you've ever wanted, then you don't know the true value of what you have. However, if you've had to earn one thing, you understand and own how to get that for yourself. And that's, and that's that whole thing. If somebody keeps giving you fish versus teaching you fish, right? Teaching you how to fish to get fish for yourself. That, that's what's there. All right, that's great. That's on one end, but that's still not enough. The other thing is, is creation. And there's many things that this book touches on in terms of creation. Because there's a daunting task to go through and say, yeah, they, they regal the feminine figure as being the most potent and powerful, but there's a reason for that. There's nurturing there. There's caring there. There's uh, necessary uh, tools taught to you on how to survive and adapt and to endure. That's the important thing to survive. These things come from a creation aspect where they're quick to point out there is some patriarchy in this cult that we'll get to later on, but the patriarchy is the doers. These are the sacrificial pieces. These are the things that are not necessarily needed to keep going, but the cult realizes that from the top down. This is not a democracy. We're not voting Carthians on shit when it comes to the Circle of the Crone. It's already established what the hierarchy is. And you know that no matter where you go before you even get there. Even if you don't know what the cult's about. If they tell you we're of the Crone, you get it. And that's it, if you're of it, right? And so to tackle this further, Brennan, tell me about the Blind Queen.
2: Uh, the Blind Queen is uh, one of the historical legends from the um, uh, from the from the Circle of the Crone. Uh, she was. Um, no one's entirely sure who she was, but they uh, traced her back to uh, cults that sprung up in Spain and before uh, the spread of Islam uh, to the Iberian Peninsula. And as she as she traveled along to different cities, to the all these different cults, she spoke of um, well of visions she would have, and she taught Kruak, So it stated. Uh, to two other followers kind of making those first steps, those first links in the circle that would be the circle of the crone. Uh, and as she disappeared, that's when the Lakea moved into the northern part and uh, what would also join the Lakea later with the with the um, I can't remember the the Islamic kingdoms that were there. I believe they're the uh, the, the taifas, right not important but they
0: sp- focus on this crone for me more than, more than the dates. What you're beautiful Mm -hmm. at. What I'm getting at with you, Brentron, is I know how you, because it's funny. Put a mic in front of you and you're articulating dates and figures and facts, and I love that about you. I could fall into the same thing, but I know you could talk to me about Blind Queen herself. So, what did she do that made it important to note her in this history? Fast forward, uh, she disappears for a couple
2: of decades, right? And she comes back, only now she's blind. And though you would think a blind. A blinded queen would be easier to take. You would be sorely mistaken because what she did is she scourged the Circle of the Crone. She either right. killed entire cults, and to those she didn't kill, she instead taught more Kruak. She spread that amongst them, and because, and stated that Kruak is the domain of the Circle of the Crone from this point forward, setting that first step. Uh, in what is now a global covenant.
0: Now, now, what's interesting about this is they they label the persistence of the circle of the crone because of well, let's just talk about that. Obviously, this this circle is self detonating. Mm-hmm. That's clear. They work against their own interest. It seems. Whereas Lankaea builds up, the Sanctified build up, and the Invictus has its standing traditions to keep it held, and the Carthians will always have those binding together, testing their new theories and ideologies. The circle seems to be resolute in what they believe in that territory for where they're at. And that's the reason why I say for that territory is because every circle is going to be different mm-hmm. For one before. Still the same circle of the Chrome, but different ways of pursuing what that, that ideology are. Uh, because... The two things they have to remember, right? Creation and tribulation. And what did the chrome douche came around and said, Hey, everybody, here's some new tricks. Here's a way to be. Here's a, a lifestyle. Revere this. Know that. There are things you can't see hidden and not hidden. You just, you just called the her the Crone right there, and I'm
2: glad you did, because that's, uh, th- there's a lot of parallels they do in all of these stories. When the Blinded Queen, before she was blinded and going about teaching all this Kruak and banding things together, that was when she was in the facet of the Mother, right? That caring, uh-huh. that uh, instructing, and that creating aspect. But when she came back, she came back in that aspect of the Crone. The Crone is a killer, a destroyer, right? A
0: bringer of that tribulation. And, and, and I, would, I would love to say 100% yes, because you're right. Because if you don't, she's judging, right? That's really what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's coming back and saying, I left you the lessons. How you applied those lessons are what I'm checking. And if you found one thing, I will just destroy you myself and, and move on. And to that end, we're back to what DJ said. Um, DJ, you remember saying that they, they revere a cycle. Like they're, they're more, they believed in, uh, well, not like that, you said they were uh, more natural than supernatural.
1: Yes, they were natural because it's all part of life, right? They were already built into it. And so because of it, this is exactly why the cycle of the crone happens. One of the things that we also didn't speak about uh, going into it was the maiden, the original birth of, or quote unquote, birth of the blinded woman up until she goes through mother, through crone. And essentially going through that cycle means something. What's also important that people might be like, well, is it self detonating? No. Is it better to have, uh, you know, those beautiful flowers that you pick and call accordingly and make sure that they grow right versus having a monolith in the form of Lankea where every member may or may not care? And that's why every member that stays behind after the call is just that much more important because they, they made it through. And that's much more enlightening to them. And so going through that cycle now, they too can start giving birth and go through their own cycle as well. That's how they propagate forward.
0: It's a, it's a fascinating philosophy it's uh it's chaos, let's call it what it is. This book's not going to call it that. It doesn't even say that it has a role assigned in the in the coven mm-hmm. uh that uh that that is assigned for chaos specifically. The whole circle is chaos itself. For every person that is banding together in a domain to follow this circle of the crone their way they're as a group, they're internally doing it as well, and they mm-hmm. may not feel what has been assigned to them, but they're going to do what they' got to do to survive. Uh, until they can spin off and form their own and so on and so forth this is this is kind of the problem with cults your, your ability you 're learning from one group how to be one and how to start one and how to be about it and then when you 've been fed enough, if you want to call it b s let 's just for the sake of argument, say you feel that way, you will make your own truth and eventually go off to do your own like brennan you 're a fan of talking about every vampire 's their own bloodline mm-hmm. This seems to fit that cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. Rinse, repeat, right? Without fail. It's interesting that they're trying to apply organization from it, because it seems that if they could self-destroy, and often do, and that's part of a cycle, well, how do they stick around? Well, part of that comes from a well here's here's a belief they said in here that I rather enjoy that kind of ties to what I was saying in the beginning, too. Let's see if you can grab this. It says, God and sin do not exist. To an accolade. They don't recognize them. Right? Their they're strictures, their restraints, their confining principles that hold them down. That came from a book that was made by mortals. And mortals who haven't seen the supposed God. Mm-hmm. And so, do not understand sin. To a mortal, a wolf that rips out the tender belly of a rabbit to feast is considered sinful. It's an evil they can't handle. And they become vegans or whatever. Because seeing that's terrible. Or a vegan says, no, we agree the wolf can do it. But we can't. Because as humans using our knowledge is cheating and whatever they want to say, except they don't agree with that either, right? To some of the circle of the crone, to ask the tools are no more unnatural than a vampire. It, then the wolf is faster than a human being is not a supernatural power, mm-hmm. right? right? That's that's nature, and that's how that it is goes. Nature.
1: It's so good because of that, because it literally focuses on the fact like don't hate the player, hate the game, right? The, the wolf <laughs> was built the wolf was built to be that quick and it was built you know they got that locked off for a reason they out there smelling farther than we can are you gonna hate on that you can't that's just the creature that it is and by that same token when you a vampire you a vampire them disciplines that whoever you know that your sire gave you that's just part of who you are and you should always make the most out of the gifts that were given to you as well and so you have to roll with the punches there
0: i agree with that and uh, that's that's another one reason is that i was like faith is weird uh, when you when you're in this book, because it makes you well, it challenges you to think mm-hmm. and to make up yes. your own. And guess what? As you answer the questions, you're like forming your own cult on almost mm-hmm. because because it fits that formula. Well, his experiences were this. Yours weren't the same. But if you feel that part of your life was join here. Right. And in a lot of ways that could be there. But then they roll into here where it says, OK, well, if God and sin don't exist, then explain to me where your crew act came from. And Brennan, you know something about this? Mm-hmm. What's what is this saying? Where is Kruak, and who came who came up with it? Where does it randomly appear? So we talked Four about it.
2: We talked about it with uh, with coming from the Blind Queen, but that's also uh, one of the one of the legends, right? And like like we were saying, people don't focus on the history; what they focus on what it is, what it presently does, and not every member of the circle of the Crone learns Kruak or is taught it right there's the there's the concept of the chorus in the circle of the crone you might know that as like uh, the laity or like the layman right these are the people that are not um they're they're, unloved, they're not devoted uh however once you're once you're lifted up out of the chorus so to speak that process is the instruction of Kruak and it's usually described as uh stemming from one of your whatever the the god of the cult is Right. Only that's not true, because if it was true, then how were these philosophical, these more, um, uh, what's the word, secular acolytes? How could they possibly wield Kruak? It's because my personal interpretation of it, and I think the, the wording of it backs this up, is that it comes from your beast. It comes from you. Every time you start learning Kruak, every time you delve a little bit deeper, you're giving more and more of your soul to the beast each and every time. And it's not just a, you don't, how Kruak works is not through a a prayer and like, you know, crossing your fingers. It's a price paid in blood and flesh, whether that's vitae spilled from your veins, more than likely some other human you found, or maybe you're taking a pair of hedge clippers to a child's hand. Because that's the sacrifice that's required for this ritual. In which case, are you really, are you really uh, appeasing some dark deity with that? Or are you appeasing your beast?
0: No, that's, that's, an, that's a profound statement. What, you, what, what are you really giving them to? To that end, the very concept of ritual is what this book forces you to think about. Because they don't spell it out for you. Any ritual is done to open yourself up to the hidden mysteries. I'll state that again. Rituals are designed to open you up to the hidden mysteries. They're designed to break down your logic and what you believe to be true to have you perform some sort of minor sacrifice and ritual that is to stretch you a little further down the road to treat what you believe as being ironclad. Now, to Old World Darkness fans, what? What? Like mm-hmm. I'm a Tremere, I do a ritual, it's done every time it's wrote and whatever. Well, that's because you misunderstood what that ritual was in the first place. There's a reason when one studies a ritual, you do it enough times and you go down the road till it works, that eventually it becomes part of you. You have grown your will and honed your mind and devoted your blood enough to where, as Brennan says, and I like this, your beast is adapted to what you were trying to do. You have called on it to, to, to for power. Mm-hmm. To some sort of effect, and it answers. And whether it's thaumaturgy, correct, no matter what it is, steven, sorcery, whatever you want to call it, you can attune your beast to uh, this uh, strenuous effort for it to adapt and learn something quite different. Because it's what the person who originally thought of it did in the first place, and jotted down the notes or word of mouth to teach you.
1: I think another thing to add to it that doesn't get... Especially for our masquerade players who don't understand um, some of these terms we're throwing around, especially when it comes to Kruak, which is a blood sorcery. You could only grow in Kruak equal to like the amount of humanity you've also lost. It's different than Theban sorcery. It's different than anything mm-hmm. else. There is a price to be paid. And to even quote the book at some point, and poetically speaking, like uh, you know, understanding that it's an aspect of the beast, but the way that it's poetically spoken about is... If vampires are of the world and they're natural and it is within harmony, Kruak is borrowed from the gods. And when you do so, you pay reverence to the gods because you're taking from them their offering. And so there's a cost for it every single time you learn that further mystery, as Bob was saying. Like, you didn't want to start being a demonologist, but when you got that book and you started summoning Beelzebub, that that's between you and him. And you accepted that as part of yourself. And as you do so, that comes to the level of understanding of how far are you willing to go through these trials and tribulations to divorce yourself and or come to further understanding of the way that you are a beast now imagine this having worked out in the sabbat at one point in terms of learning a path I, I think this is more natural in the way that it's kind of brought about i i rather the way that it's presented at least seems a lot better than what i've read in masquerade regarding like well how do you cross over to a path how do you finally accept what you are And this step kind of, I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm phrasing it correctly, but that's kind of the feeling I get offhand.
0: I I see how it feels that it's set up to where it's training you to get there. But I think what you're highlighting more is what we talked about in the beginning. Brennan off the bat, being a veteran of Ruckwim, started saying, oh, no, it's the faith that they have and whatever. And I put the kibosh on it. They don't start with that faith, do they, Brennan?
2: uh no no one no one really starts with faith when you're coming in into like any well in this case a cult right because if you if you started with it you wouldn't you wouldn't be coming into it you would already be a member of it you have to learn that you have to see it you have to have some experience that would put those hooks in you or change your
0: perception uh it's a so go ahead so what we're getting here is you said you started in the chorus mm-hmm One has to learn correct and thus you have to open yourself up to the mysteries, as they would call it, and until you start walking the walk and talking the talk, until your eyes are open to your truth and what they're saying. Now, you come to us, we said Rever the Crone, because around here, that's what it is, and that's how it is. You know, There's a maid, maiden, there's the mother, there's the crone, and those are the three, and we don't deviate because we're old school traditional, and this goes back to the way back, but you may call the crone the morgan. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's still the same. We get it. Whatever you need to say... To open you up to these mysteries is the point. And that's Mm -hmm. the philosophy in this. They are not different, DJ, than the masquerade talking to you about switching over to a path. It describes a process of your humanity having to dwindle. You have to let go what you believe is a truth. Right? When you come with a full cup, we have to dump your cup. Empty it little by little to not lose your mind to unravel that thread of you holding on to then build it back up. So, in other words... Uh, to use how Brennan was describing it, we don't start with a full cup of faith. We come with an idea. And we're interested. We came for the free cookies. You know, we left with the whole cult wig and whatever else we uh. get come with the show, right? And that's the, and that's the idea. When we buy in, but the buy-in comes in blood. Mm-hmm. And you can't remove Kruak. Once learned, it is forever part of you. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the point. And this, this becomes a very different aspect. The circle of the crone is not the glee club. We're not joining half-ass, you can't. And once you're here, you belong here. Only Swan is worthy. Right, exactly. <laughs> Only Swan. And there's a lot here. Uh, it's a Lord of Illusions reference, for those who don't know. It's uh huh. it's, it's perfect. I okay. got DJ got it because we're the same dinosaurs. But that's the it's a okay. it's a great <laughs> film if you haven't seen I'll, it. I'll have to find it. Lord of Illusions is good. But the um to, to, to get back full circle, what we're looking at here is that they're telling you about the indoctrination of being in a cult. That's what this book does. Mm-hmm. And so to that end, I'm going to warn everybody. If you were worried about cultish aspects, that's why this book is so ambiguous. Mm-hmm. It's not a handbook telling you exactly how to do it because they give leeway. Everything we've talked about, if you want to come in and say you've got to have faith in the crone, the crone's the only way and this is what it is for my chronicle, great, do that. If they didn't design it that way. But you certainly could use it that way, and they leave that door wide open for you to use what's comfortable. But when you begin reading between the lines and understanding what they're talking about, there's a relationship that Brentron already pointed out, because I agree with them that Kruak is the physical manifestation of the supernal bond mm-hmm. between yourself and your beast. Yeah. You are your beast, and the moment you accept its power, it begins manifesting in ways that you learn it. But if your philosophy to learn it came from worshiping Dionysus, then that's what it's going to take to get your groove on. Mm-hmm. You're going to use that which you use to get there to be the way to unlock it every time. And so it's different for everybody that way. In that way, it's more real, right? It's different than being like we went to Hogwarts and we all learned the same thing, which would be fundamentally like claim from right? We all learned from the same book. Nobody can steal our magic book because if they do, they're, they're going to learn our secrets. They're just going to learn our secrets, Work the Circle of the Crone's like, you ain't gonna learn shit if you steal a book from us. Because number one, it'll be a stone tablet with some innards on it. And some rotten maggots and maybe a half-eaten pomegranate. That's gonna mean something to everybody here in this region, in this territory, about who worshiped the Crone. But uh, if you're an outsider from out of town, you ain't gonna know shit. And that's how it is. And that's that's the ways of the Crone. Very mysterious, in other words. Very occult-heavy, which is golden in my book. But then... To bring this back full circle, um, another thing I caught was Golconda. Yeah. I, I, I did catch that, actually. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> Golconda is not seen the same way. In fact, they give some variants here. You guys remember what I'm talking about? You remember seeing this?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm a little rusty on it. I'll be honest. I remember uh, the, the biggest thing is that the, by and large, uh, popular view, I'll say, is that Golconda is... Um, it It's more like, uh, I guess, not. I want to say propaganda that's going to lead you down the path. It's like how, how Christians would see the left-hand path, almost. It's like if you are searching Golconda, you're rejecting the state of what you are. You're rejecting how the gods have made you, or in some cases, how you've made yourself. Why would you not accept what you are? Why would you not even exult in what you are? And instead try to find like a, an ending to this, to what you are.
0: There's a there's a couple on here, and you're you're on the same lines. I believe it's exactly one of them, but they give mm-hmm. rumors of transcendence of what it could be. Some of them are uh, a crone reaches transcendence, as they call it. Now walks the forests of North America. She could become any creature, big or small, and a cult of lupine zealots attends her needs, believing her to be a spirit queen. Blew my mind. Was, oh, okay. That's a deal. All right. Interesting. Another one says. To achieve Golconda, one must invite a god or a spirit to dwell inside one's body. Mm-hmm. Once the beast has merged with this ephemeral being, uh, the vampire can then be in her quest for true enlightenment and power. And this reminded me of of uh, Santeria. Yeah. Is where my mind went or uh, Bokor, you know, what a Bokor might do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Vodun, if you don't get the reference mm-hmm. for anybody else listening. And I was like, this is dope. Because this means that nothing is closed off. That's their belief and way to right. do it. But what does it mean when it get there? You know, how powerful would that be? I mean, the beast melds with a shit. Mm-hmm. The beast can meld with Baron Samedi mm-hmm. or Papa Legba. And what, it would become the personality of that. Creep. Wow. That would, uh, what would they be able to do? Is the meeting where my mind goes, if that's real. You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating what it could be. And still another one says to become a crone, one must eat a crone, soul and all, and that's just a couple. We won't go through all of them, but even that crone one is like you would think would be the hell no, we don't do that around here. How would you? right A crone is a power like the most powerful role mm-hmm. out of the whole circle, so like you got to eat the crone to become the crone, but if you're already thinking about eating the crone, uh there's already something wrong with you, considering. The cult does not rever diabbery,
2: because mm, why would they, right? If you if you are, how could you possibly justify diabbery? Because number one, like we've talked about several times by now, they believe either uh, there's either a prevailing belief that vampires are a natural part of the world, or they're a divine part of the world, right? That's where the spectrum lies. So if you're on that divine part of the world, uh, I killing another vampire is going against the will of the gods. Number two, if you're trying to tell me, if you're trying to pull out your cane bro uh, acolyte and say, but I am sacrificing the soul to my god. No, you're not. I've never heard of any ritual that required me to eat the sacrifice I am giving to something else, right? If you are sacrificing an animal to a god, it's for the god. I don't take a bite Frickin' what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Troy. Uh, Was it Paris? Paris didn't take a bite out of the apple before giving it to one of the three goddesses.
0: Right? But man, if he did, what a pimp move that would have been.
2: Yeah, that would have been a lot shorter of a story.
1: (laughs) It would have been a real story. (laughs) But it's funny because what it also talks about as well is like, to further extrapolate, you, um... You taking that soul is not returning it back to its natural order. Mm, You, who's a naturalist, already have stopped it. Yeah, there you go. There is a subsect, though, that believes that by them taking the soul, they are shielding and protecting the soul, and you as the receptacle will be there. This is heresy in its own right, but this just goes to show how many ways this cult could go. Oh, I'll counter that, because they don't call it heresy. They say that's their method. mm -hmm. You're right. I just mean from the the outsider point of view uh, in the overall scheme. However, it just means that there are exceptions.
0: And it's the Cult of Artemis that we're talking about. They have a name. And they're <coughs> profound. The artwork they draw for them is enchanting. And these beings walk around seemably being uh, inviting. Hmm. right? They're people who care. They care about your well-being and the difficulty you're having in your requiem. And they want to be your friend and they want to help you. And when they become your friend, once a year, like around winter, they choose the closest person to them to preserve them from all time and spare them from the pain of a continued Requiem. And they do it through D'Alberi. Mm-hmm. And they, they do it gladly. Are they wrong? Well, if I'm the elder in that game, hell yeah, they're wrong. You can't beat be me and saying are sparing them. Nah, don't like me at all. I go back to my my problem number one. Bob don't trust his vampire. Hell no, I don't trust. Did you just hear me? There's people who could coming around saying, I'll save you. Let me sink my face. No, 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 no. We shall not do this. <laughs> we'll skip that entirely. But there's... There's, there's an actual cool villainy that's there, too. I would think that if an ST tricked me in that capacity, that'd be a cool ending for that character. Uh-huh. Right? That's a great love story with a tragic yep. ending. And at that point, you just push the paper in. Make another one. Because I would love telling people that. That's a very tragic, hip, cool way to go out. And uh, that you wouldn't see coming. No matter that almost is
1: coming. like that... It's like that scene in that movie. I'm not sure if it's Tales from the Dark Side where the guy sees the, the gargoyle, promises not to say anything, yep. and comes to her and says, hey, BTW. He's like, you promised not to say anything. And that that was like, imagine how close you've been living with that monster before that monster decided to. Your
0: profound ability to recall movies near and dear to my heart is awesome. I mean, Tales from the Dark Side, the <laughs> movie I, is I'm so is. I'm so
2: happy we're doing this recording because I'm taking a list of movies I need to watch after this.
0: <laughs> it's, it's too great. <laughs> He's mentioned this by already. Um... But since you mention it, and it's an awesome segue, and no, this isn't scripted, we get to the nature of monsters in myth based cultists. Now, there is something terrifying about the aspect that we've been talking about gods and emulating them and walking in their shoes and footsteps and all that, but we haven't talked yet about the monstrous nature of a vampire as a whole, or the fact that you could be seen as a divine monster in and of itself. Mm-hmm. They mention the Minotaur as an example. Mm hmm. It's slowly whittling away your humanity to accept the Minotaur that you are. Over time, it's a rank that this this cult, another subsect, is that they want you to be that Inner One. Like I, I was thinking of the concept of how a person can think of themselves as the Kraken, right, or Charybdis. if you will, if you if you remember the reference, right, of uh, the Odyssey triggers some things and these these great mythological monsters. But how how does that come across here? And then you got to remember in Chronicles, there's there's a whole game you know devoted to this sort of thing but you don't have to go there because how does that look like in requiem yes and to me i saw it and i thought of it i said if you were if you were a crack and aspected person nothing says that you alone have to be that monstrous what if you had people that served for you and you consider them your tendrils extending into the world dragging them to a central base that you never left just to bring them in there's that uh special bloodline that i know we went over that are like the gourmands right with a unique diet, yeah, 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 that they have now. Imagining that guy now being uh, Marcellarius, right? Yes, that's it. Are. You got it. I couldn't remember
2: it, but you—that's it. And
0: they're in the circle of the crone, though they're not in the typical Invictus. And because they're in it, and he believes he's this kraken, and he has like a wharf, or maybe even an entire ship that he's in. And these people go out and constantly bring him others to eat, mm-hmm. and in return, he keeps their riches and their secrets. And people know to come with him, but a deal with the kraken is not easy. And it requires a lot to go with it, and that's its own plot. It's like a to me it just said, Man, I've been thinking of vampires pretty linear. I
2: I, I think we just came up with the plot to Dagon and I'm not I'm not displeased.
0: Right, not at all. Like this this (laughs) makes all things possible in a lot of ways thinking about it. But they also point out because they're sacrificing their humanity, because Mm -hmm. they're getting close to being inhuman, that these people don't care about something like the masquerade or that mortals know they're at because they're looking for that myth to be born that terror to be out there those legends to be to give them reason and add to the worship of what they are Mm -hmm. and that's cool as it gets to me because often i feel that players are seeking that on a level right You, you occasionally get a player who's tired of, okay, there's a masquerade, I'm doing it, that's great. It's going to take me twice as long to get the notice of the deal, But we got enemies, I'm going to smoke them now. I got this crew, we're going to take care of we're going to get done with that. But there's an explosion and shootout, whatever. Mm-hmm. But all that happens and you're like, their humanity dwindles. And you're like, oh yeah, now this guy's going to cry every time he sees a dove go by. And yes, he's sorry for what he did. Or is he just going to be like, yeah, that was me. But he doesn't just walk around knuckle dragging being Cro-Magnon. These bestial impulses are no longer checked. And what would that look like? And this is an alternative expression to that. Because a person who just goes at it full tilt to create all that chaos might begin to think they're like an ogre.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right? Just a force of destruction and the right mentor coming along to say, hey, you should come over here and sit at the circle table. What does that mean? Here in this cave, there's no judgment. We got the Cyclops coming and the Titan as well, but we need you to sit in the seat of the ogre. We have a lot to talk to you about to open your eyes. The seat of the ogre. Wow, that's weird. Strangely fitting. Yeah, have a seat, and we're not asking. And okay, and they seem more terrifying. This opens plot. This gets your interest. And even if that guy freaks out and realizes inhuman as I thought I was being, these people gotta go. And now I understand why a masquerade's there. And can I tattle with to the Invictus in time to get the Sanctified to help me <laughs> put this down? Or am I gonna become that which I unwittingly stepped into? And this just become an even better story as it goes along, right? And it becomes that of careful what you do and wish for, you might get it. And that's an alternative to just you're dead or turning your character. Now, that said, there are some terms we, we mentioned before we, we got to go here that I want to define a little bit more uh, because I feel that's what this book is all about, really, is that culture piece. And we're going to focus first on the maiden, the mother, and the crone. Mm-hmm. If we got time, we'll tap into some others. Yeah. But uh, if you could, DJ, what's the maiden?
1: The maiden essentially acts as the virgin. Uh, In this case, it could either be pre- or post-embrace, and what it is is the journeyer. It's the person who's going in to bring everything um, to the forefront. They're blind, uh, like a babe, for lack of a better term, because they haven't seen anything. They have not had the experience yet. Why this is important is because much uh, this all mirrors each other, right? And When you join the chorus, it's one of the things that you have to buy in. You're you're blind to the the fact of it. Right. So even you bringing in. So let's say Brendan was the one bringing me into the call. He's like, oh, man, I got to take you to this club. It's going to be awesome. And I'll be like, all right, I keep going to the club. It's great. I start seeing stuff. But then I see Bob and Bob's going to be like my Rowan, who at one point going to start bringing me in. But the maiden is the one that initially goes to the club and has to discover to herself. She's surrounded by monsters and then has to make the decision. Do I want to learn more or not? Um, And so a lot of the experiences that she's going to do is to see these experiences from an outside point of view before either jumping in and making the decision to do so, at which point she'll lose her maidency.
0: Now, at the core of this, he mentioned Virginia. I need to understand Mm -hmm. that this is not referring to a sexual basis. No.
1: Whatsoever. It's referred to experience.
0: It's it's literally ignorance. Mm -hmm. It's innocence. It's referring to the fact that she has not made her first kill. Yep. that's what it is. That's what's determining her, quote unquote, virginity. And because she'd have to kill at some point, but for now, the cult provides the blood Mm -hmm. until she's ready to take that journey and they're willing to let her go to do it. And in this time, just like DJ said, she serves as kind of like a spy. for Not even a spy, just somebody who's observing and then telling people about what she sees and to help people understand that. So in this, you really get a picture that the circle comes together. When they meet up, it is to talk about several things, but because of that title, depending on how long she's been a maiden and uh, how, how high her standing is, determines whether how heavy her opinion weighs in that, in that capacity. And usually it's going to weigh in on that mortal tip on what we're doing with them because that would make more sense, right? Um, but the mother, what's that, Brennan?
2: The mother is the one that is more uh, well, someone that has created. Uh, most of the time it's going to be someone that's embraced or but sometimes it can be those who have made ghouls because the act of creating a ghoul is also seen as an act of creation. And with that there's someone that's more mature they are starting to to build and to nurture that is their focus within the circle to to put it uh, succinctly.
0: And it's and it's simply that Um, The mother might be the person that you actually do learn correct from. Mm -hmm. It might be a person who teaches you other disciplines. It might be someone to counsel you because you're stuck. She might've been the person who suckled you as the maiden. You don't want to make your first kill. So she feeds you from her actual teat, the blood that you need to adapt and develops a close bond with you accordingly. And that's kind of her point is to be that motherly figure. However, this doesn't afford her standing Standing in terms of she's in charge. What this does afford her is influence mm-hmm. in the cult. Her job is to influence people to do things. And so she may delegate chores and very uh, motherly give you that smile or grin and, you know, sense of pride in doing good works and whatnot. But before you think it's all kumbaya... This is a person who's manipulative. They're designed to get their hooks in you to keep you in the cult where you feel safe and warm because mother knows best. Mm -hmm. And that's the mindset that you got to have. And this ties into the crone. The crone is just what Brennan said in the beginning. This is the ice queen. This is somebody who comes in and really doesn't care about all the stuff, the circles built up around it, save for two points. How does this point to the creationism that the cult has to represent? And how is this leading to the turbulation uh, that, uh, that, that you have learned lessons from? Mm-hmm. What if we learn from what I have left? How did your Kruak get here and have you developed the Kruak that you need to to truly be seen as a recognized circle of the crone? And if not, she'll handle it mm-hmm. her way. And also, she may just teach you. It could be that there has been a level of ignorance. And so let's say the mother hasn't been doing her job. She comes in and destroys the mother. And by destroys her, to be a crone means you cannot feed on the living anymore. You have to only feed on the dead for it to happen, i.e. vampires. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as you know, that that uh, relates directly to them needing to sleep. She needs to take the sleep, but the circle says not. She doesn't have to and can serve a function. And in that regard of serving that function, that's a circle that's stepping too. To have that role up and walking around. And you have to. The coolest part about this though. Is the crone's also the one to go around. And be a checks and balance to every other position. With a sense of finality. Say for instance. You're going to be what is known. There's two roles here to refer. I can refer to. Because to, you'll get it pretty easy. Uh, you have the fool. Mm-hmm. The fool's sole job is to be an acting point of chaos. The beginning of the story. The name Loki. Is not his real name. That's not what he started with. It's what he's known in. In the Chicago by Night book. But that was granted to him. By the circle, and that name is supposed to represent what he is—trickster god, element of chaos—and it's because the circle's not in power, and they are trying to play kingmaker to a degree in the Chicago by Night book. They're playing a lot of games, but in order for it to do it, they have to set up circumstances that could cause toplage, mm-hmm. people making mistakes, folks messing up, that sort of thing. And Loki represents that for them. As Rowan, it's described in that short story. But the point is, that's the fool. Where the Crone comes in, if the fool has done anything that has has slowed down or interfered with the circle's needs and wants, or somebody's learning of Kurok, that's justification for his destruction. And the fool better be prepared for that. Because this stops these positions from deciding that they're going to take any more importance than their role was assigned them. And they have standing in the cult for it's like one through four, I believe, for all of them, save for like the hierophant, mm-hmm. which is like the head of the circle in that area, yep. and and the hierophant is more of a political role than it is anything else. It's it's all three. Yeah. It you have to focus on politics <clears throat> because if you
2: if you even to. Their politics is more like the politics of a wolf pack if wolves could actually speak as well. You have to be someone that can lead these rituals. You have to have those that wisdom that is expected with someone that is a, uh, a, a religious like preacher or priest of some point. and you also have to be uh, a, a, what, what's the term politically adroit? You cannot have that um, you cannot have lapses in judgment because someone will test it. It's expected that that will be tested. Again, trip, uh, life through tribulation.
0: And and what they t- what they describe with it is that they do have a spiritual and political bent. My my kicker here is that the other roles in the covenant mean that the Hierophant may sit in judgment or somebody sits in guidance. They aren't the moving force in this cult. It's oh, fantastic hmm. that you're the spiritual leader or that you're the political head to go rub it out with the primogen or whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, who's the mother back with the circle earning everybody's favor? And who's showing them what they got to be doing? And who's the maiden to temper the uh, those who have gone too far or maybe given the words of wisdom? And ultimately, there is a father role mm-hmm. that's here as well that seems to internally trump a lot of what the hierophant necessarily would do or call. And to that end, the father's job is to come up with the rules, judgments, and punishments. Mm-hmm. Almost specifically, that's all the father does, but even the father's trumped by the crone, right,
2: so a lot of this sounds kind of kind of counterintuitive right or conflicting, like especially when we started talking about the hierophant then moving on to the father's role' it's like, well why so is the hierophant the shot caller or not uh they're not because this isn't we're not in the invictus There, the hierarchy right. here is that there's no hierarchy, it's a circle right yep that what what status there is here is really your just your influence in this within this circle, how well you're respected, how much people will actually listen to you when you do it, and that is a, a radically redefining. Uh, it's a thing people aren't used to in vampire games, but it's something I always try to hammer in every time someone plays a, an acolyte because it's it's one of my. I, I say this for every covenant book we review. It's one of my favorite covenants. It
0: absolutely is. There's there's few of them. And they're all good in their own way, but this is this is exactly why they're good is what is exactly how you said it. Mm-hmm. The circle yeah. of responsibility, the strength of it. The important part about that, too, is that I could be a maiden or a hierophant or whatever, but what's going to gauge it is a little important mechanic, one through five, that's going to state that, which represents how well I'm received mm-hmm. for the experience I have in that position. And that's what's important because your ST is not going to say, sit down and you're at five status. Let's do this cult. It's going to be, you want to be the Hierophant? They're cool with it. So you're going to sit with the current Hierophant or the Hierophant leaving because they're starting their own branch of the cult in the city because we're doing very well. And they're going to a different domain and territory, but you remain behind with the lessons. So what's your first call to order? Uh, I don't know. Well, that's not doing well for your standing, but, you know, we're sure you'll figure (laughs) it out, right? And then you have everybody at the table fulfilling their role. And this is also where you go, huh, no shit. This is what it means to be in a circle of the crone game. This is why it's possible. It's not sitting around saying, kumbaya, bring your favorite patchouli, and let's, let's figure it out. This is legit on how it could be, and you decide what that is in your city for your city. And if you don't like it, you can change it. Depending on where you sit in it. And that's what makes this unique and actually terrifying. There's one role I want to talk about because it's saucy. It's saucy and dangerous, Uh, especially in this day and age. mm -hmm. And that's the Scarlet Woman.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I saw this and I I chuckled a little bit only because it's the only time in book I saw it say, yeah, it's the whore. Mm -hmm. That's what it is straight up. And you could call it that. And I was like, huh. Well, that's a very bold statement, Cotton, in 2021. What are we talking about here? And it says when a living woman steps outside her social role, she risks being called a whore. It doesn't have to be a literal sex for money transaction. Many feminist acolytes consider that the most expected feminine role, however. And that's, and that's how it goes. It's what you expect, but that's not what it means. And they're, and they're quick to point that out. The simple fact is, is that the Scarlet Woman goes about it her own way. Whatever that is, she's the rebel figure. Her contempt for constraint and to rebel against the ties that bind them. For saying that a woman has to have a specific role at all is what she opposes. And in that opposition, she upholds the circle in what she does, right? But the most important part is it's not just her being uh, rebellious necessarily. The important part is that she feels no shame in her transgressions. Mm -hmm. That's important. It's whatever you do, you do with a confidence and surety, without hesitation or second guessing. To do that is to have power over what you have done. Onus over who you are and for people to see you as a, as a powerful figure in your own right. And that's what it is. And they refer to it as the Scarlet Woman because I think it's it's cheeky in a lot of ways, honestly. It's them trying to be gentle for a title because you couldn't call it the whore because that's too much over the line. But what you're really doing is throwing the – you're trying to get people to get a reaction is what I feel it is. Mm-hmm. If I come around and I say I'm the Scarlet Woman, so you're the whore, it's now, now my chosen idiot has revealed himself in the mm. evening. And I get to make an example out of you.
1: What I think is also very cheeky about it is the Scarlet Woman is politically and outwardly what people anticipate out of the crone. So the reason I say that is because they are confident – in being able to defy and or stand up for their belief um and where they might be outsiders or on the fringes of what people believe would be where their social standing is it's very quite the opposite and what makes them more potent in a specific way versus carthians is where the carthian needs his buddies to stand up and back his word a crone doesn't a crone could do it all by themselves and stand up for it live or die on their feet that's that's the crone philosophy whereas the carthians will be like yeah well me and buddy's gonna kick your ass Brian, get over here, man. I, I get got to do this alone. But like a, 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 a crone will be able to go ahead and do it. And that's what makes them much more potent. Once again, trials and tribulation. And this is only part of them learning, um, which all ties back into each other. And I think that's what makes this this uh, covenant fascinating.
0: And, and it is. And uh, to finish out the expectation of what the the whore is, I just don't want to mention it and, and leave it abandoned or the Scarlet Woman, however you prefer it. Uh, but as they say, she cannot be tamed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whores do what they want because they want to do it. In the context of Circle of the Crone, I just realized how ter- terrible that sounds. Like I'm, like I'm iceberg slim here. But uh, that's uh, it's not what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm referring to this position because what it says here in a vampiric sense is unlike <clears throat> crones, uh, who are who are typically older, and, uh, and virgins who aren't, they fit that middle ground demographic. And women who have not sired, who have killed, and who thrive on human blood, they're typically the larger percentage of it. But by them not being bound to anything right literal free agents uh they're powerful accordingly because of that and they need them to stay that way however they need to be persuaded instead of commanded and that represents a particular problem in the cult uh because that means you can't order them Mm -hmm. when mom comes around to lay out her chores this, this she does she dances to her own tune mom better try jesus right that's uh Uh, someone else need to pick up the tab for what you're trying to get her to do. And I think they put this beautifully. You said they all tie together. And I actually remember taking note of this because they say the mother and father create and build the maiden purifies and the fool agitates Mm -hmm. the hero defends, which we haven't talked about the hero, but they do defend and often unwillingly or unwittingly, the Scarlet woman is independent. And in that is perhaps the circle's most profound reason to exist. In this, they defy everything else, right? They, Everyone has a role. Everyone has a place. Or what's critically important in any cult is that everyone has a purpose. Mm-hmm. You are never just in the circle of the crone. You have something to fulfill, which is why you're there in the first place. Whether that is to learn of them as you're part of the choir and you're, you're not. You haven't earned that title yet, but you will be striving through your rites and your rituals and the initiations to get more knowledgeable and higher up. And I would be remiss to talk about them and not talk about initiation. And this is critically important. Anybody listening, I do touch on this in the book, but I've, uh, I've come across people who are really against stuff like uh, fraternities and things like that. And I promise my soapbox will be short and sweet here. Uh, but what I want to leave you with is is an analogy. Not even an analogy, We won't do that. We'll just anecdote. Uh, the, the story here is that Whenever you go to do something, if it's just expected, right? If I told you, bring a, bring a bag of sugar and we'll let you in. What have you really done to earn your place?
2: Yeah, that's, you haven't done, that's nothing. There's no skin in that game, right? There's no tribulation
0: there. It's like you paying a taxi fare. It's not enough to be part of any circle. There should be something you had to do uh, to, to prove yourself. Not to the circle, to yourself. Whenever there's initiation and you have to do something, it is to start aligning your thinking and your will to walk as you do, right to where you want to be. And it forces you to be introspective and think about what you're going to do because you do not want people who do not think for themselves. In fact, you want the opposite, but you want that creativity to be focused on what your group is about. And so each and yep. And each init- initiation is literally an entrance to the mysteries, the higher mysteries as they go. In other words, they'll never give you more than you can handle, and you'll never be able to accomplish more than you are meant to. So even if you fail, that doesn't necessarily mean you're out. However, they're going to judge you by how you dust yourself off and how you try again, or if you should ever be allowed to even attempt again. And that's going to be there. So in other words, it's not automatic that you're going to be in the circle of the crone either. And and it shouldn't be. And they they highlight that like reading about what they do and what they are. There's a lot of hand waving when a person makes a character. Mm-hmm. And they say I'm part of the circle. It's fair and it's more than important that the player tells you what they had to do for the circle to be a part of the circle. That gives them reason to be there because that I think is one of the most important aspects of this book was trying to highlight. That's all I had to say. I promise I'd be succinct. And that's as succinct as Bob gets. As I'll put that away. Dis disbarring any insights you guys have, I think we
2: covered this no, very that's well. Exact. Oh, let yeah, me just barrel right, say, right over to
1: you. <laughs> I'm gonna barrel. Jesus, all right.
2: <laughs> did, you, did you like how I how I was like pseudo apologizing for doing it as I kept doing it? <laughs> yes.
0: I was amused.
1: I was amused. I'll get you yet, gadget. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So that being, that's being said, folks. Uh, I enjoyed this book. I enjoyed talking about it with you guys and going over it. Um, there's a ton of info. DJ said it about over 200 pages in this book. There's no way we covered everything. We're not meant to cover everything. No. To give you a genuine feel and understanding of what's in this book was our goal. I know we did that. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you like what you heard, you have any questions, want to hear more, please reach out to us. One of our many venues, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, direct email, Um do your thing discord especially it's the easiest and fastest honestly uh to get one of like seven of us and we we were always watching so Uh, but either way folks i appreciate it brennan thank you very much my man yeah thank you as well bob dj thank you it's always a pleasure
1: of course of course always fun
0: and thank you folks for listening we'll check you next time see ya thank you for listening to our 25 years of vampire the masquerade podcast if you liked what you heard, please reach out and let us know on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM, at our email, info at 25 YearsVTM.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 25 YearsVTM, or on our website, www25 yearsvtm.com. If you would like to support us, we can be found at patreon.com slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade.